What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode five of the Down Under Fundercast, a podcast where we talk about podcasts and pretty much everything else going on in this crazy, crazy world. I am, of course, your host, Jay. And welcome back after another fortnight away where I just couldn't find time to record last week. And that's a really bullshit excuse as the words leave my mouth. But it is what it is and we're back at it. You know, I really should just start calling this a weekly fortnightly podcast or uh, whatever, whenever the fuck I decide to record podcast. But we're back in Melbourne on a cloudy, rainy Friday morning, which is the 25th of September. And yeah, if, you live in, if you're listening to this and you live in Melbourne, this is week 12 of, of a six-week lockdown. <laughs> uh, I think it's like eight-week lockdown, but we're nearly there. We're, we're, we're a week or two off. We're going to have restrictions ease. On Sunday, hopefully, nothing major, probably, but it'll probably be something, hopefully, that, you know, takes the pressure off a lot of people, because a lot of people are suffering at the moment, but the light at the end of the tunnel is nearly there, it's, it's within reach, where we can all return to some sort of normality, (laughs) I must say, I'm a very anti-social person, I don't like people, most people don't like me, but... There's a lot of things over the last, not even when this whole thing started back in March, that I didn't miss. You know, I, I do miss going out to dinner and sitting in a restaurant. I miss going to the movies, you know, like, I miss, I miss being able to walk around and not have to wear a mask, which I feel like is going to become a very common thing in our society, which is what it is. But yeah, if you had asked me that at the start of the year, I would have told you I'd rather be doing what I'm what I've been doing till, since March, like just sitting inside and doing absolutely fuck all besides working and eating and sleeping, and the occasional bit of you know, bit of fucking, because I'm a man. It meant fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck it up. But yeah, we're nearly there. Hang in there, Melbourne. You know you're so close, and hopefully we don't have a third wave because we have a third wave and we have to do this again. Well, we're all fucked because it's <laughs> it just, what do you do in that situation? We can't do this again. If we do this again, there's, there'll be no economy to go back to. There'll be no point in, you know, trying to keep as many people alive as we can. So I, I don't know what happens in that situation. If we have a third wave, just fucking, do we just say every man for himself? Do we just say the sick people, the really autoimmune more compromised people, do they just stay at home and the elderly just lock themselves in? Or do we just say fuck it and everyone just survive? I don't know. Hope it doesn't get to that. So, obviously, I've been, I've been thinking about doing this. I've been thinking about you guys. I've been wanting to do this really badly. So, we've got a lot of shit to talk about today. So, while we're still on the topic of Melbourne, Australia, let's talk a little bit of Friendly Geordies. And I'm going to start off by saying this. That cunt is mad. He is a boss, as he would say. Like, he's just killing it. He's scor- he scorch earth Armageddon motherfucker. Like, he just does not give a fuck. 
And if you're sitting there and you're wondering what the fuck I'm talking about, go and watch his um, video called Brus, where he essentially makes a video about a deputy uh, premier of New South Wales, where he just rips him apart and accuses him of, you know, being a dodgy fucking dude, which, from the sounds of it, he's a fucking dodgy fucking dude. But... It gets better. It gets better at the end when you see him recording, and it's a very unusual setting for him. He's wearing a bathrobe. He's in a house. He's walking around, and you can't really figure out why until about halfway when he says he's in his house. He's in his rental property. He rented out a fucking thousand dollar a night mansion to make a video. The man's nuts. Like who does that shit? What the fuck? And he just, and then obviously after he made that video, the Murdoch media just went after him mercilessly, mercilessly. and he buried them motherfuckers too. <laughs> he just ripping people apart, left, right, and center. He had a journalist on um on one of his videos, and he just. That journalist was running scared. He, he trapped him good. So, shout out to Friendly Geordies. He's, he's probably public enemy number fucking one right now. Like, if you're, a, if you're a journalist or you're, you know, part of the liberal government or what have you, he is enemy number one. But he's, to people like me, you know, who very much... Don't follow that uh, that that um political leaning. He is Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and fucking Chuck Norris all rolled up into one ball of awkward teenage skin. So yeah, and check out his podcast. His podcast is fun. So yeah, so now we got that done. I think it, I would be remiss if we didn't mention what this podcast mainly talks about. And that's Joe Rogan. Now, when I was, was organising the, the, the list of things I was going to talk about on this podcast today, the Joe Rogan list took up half of it. It was ridiculous. So, to start off... I don't know how it started, and I don't know, I'm not exactly sure where, but the idea of Joe Rogan moderating a debate between Trump and um, Biden was floated around. And, and someone tweeted it at Trump, and Trump responded and went, I'll do it. Obviously, Biden hasn't, but, like, can you imagine that? Just imagine that for a second. You're going to have the President of the United States and the man who hopes to take that job sitting there with Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan. The man who talks about gorillas ripping off penises and DMT. <laughs> uh, it, it would be something that would you would never see again in your lifetime. It would it would be a once in a lifetime extravaganza, 
where people where in a hundred years time they'd be teaching and learning about it in fucking high schools and universities. People would be doing five thousand word essays on what the fuck happened and how that all conspired. It'll never happen. And Trump can say he'd do it, but he could never do it. He, you, <laughs> neither of those two men... Jeez, I don't even know if Rogan would want to be in that situation. Neither of those three men would want to be in that situation. Because it helps no one. Everyone loses. Um, and obviously, that was probably the good news of Rogan's week. The really good news. That was the happy part. The other part... How do you explain this? So, on his podcast... I listened to that one, too. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember who it was with. It might have been with Tim Kennedy. Yeah, it was with Tim Kennedy. He, um... He dead names. Obviously, it's 2020. We all know what dead naming is. But he dead names Caitlyn Jenner. By calling... Her Bruce? I think that's what I'm supposed to say. And, um... Yeah, people were up in arms about that. It was, um, quite astounding. And obviously, Rogan being Rogan, he, he didn't apologize for it. Because Rogan's done that hundreds of times. He's talking about, he's spoken about Caitlyn Jenner. Jeez, from just what I've heard of his podcast, at least a dozen times. He mentions it all the time because that's his. You know, he's, he's a person, just like me, who's very much against the idea of trans athletes playing sport. And I should rephrase that, because that's going to get me in trouble one day. He's very against the idea of trans male-to-female trans athletes playing against female. So if you're born a man and you transition, especially later in your life, to a female, he's not for that, and neither am I. It's not fair. It's not fair on the women who have worked their entire lives to get to the pinnacle just to have it taken away. So I'm, I, I agree with Rogan there. But yeah, he, he dead names Caitlyn and obviously Twitter was up in arms about it. And Rogan didn't respond to it, which is typical Rogan when it comes to that stuff. He did apologise though, and this is, I think this is one of the first times I've ever seen Rogan apologise. Was he, I believe he was talking about the Oregon bushfires, or the Portland bushfires, and he mentions that they were lit. They were purposely lit. He later on went on to tweet that that was incorrect. A quick, you know, you guys can do a quick Google search and that will come up. But yeah, Rogan apologised. And it's not even the point that, like, he got something wrong. It's That's not the point I'm getting to. I want you to look at the two examples of shit that's going on in Rogan's week. As what I'm about to explain more on. It's not what happened. It's not what he said. It's not what he said. It's what's happening. Rogan would have never apologized fucking two years ago for that stuff. He would have just been like, I'm a dude who smokes weed and... Talk shit on a podcast. That would have been the end of it. But now he's apologizing for things. Now the scrutiny on him, the, the microscope is fucking heavy on him right now. Everyone's looking for something. Anything they can get their hands on. And... Which leads me into the third part of this shitty fortnight that Rogan's had. 
this fortnight with Rogan. Because I can't say weekly, because I don't record this consistent enough to say weekly. This is weekly fortnight with Rogan. It's come out, whether it's real or not, whether it's rumour and conjecture, or it's true, and I have a funny feeling it's true, that the Spotify employees are not happy. And when I say they're not happy, I mean they're not happy. <laughs> they're... They have, I believe they've had 10 meetings since he started, which has only been on Spotify three weeks, a month maybe, about Rogan's comments and his stance on things, as we've just mentioned, you know, obviously with the, the Caitlyn Jenner thing. Um, and the Spotify employees want to have a certain amount of censorship and control of the podcast. Which, you know, once again, going back to some, I think it was episode three, I said it. Those podcasts with those controversial figures that Rogan's had on, your Alex Jones, your Eddie Bravo's, your Brian Callens, your Chris Delia's, they're still not up. They're still not on. And Rogan can make whatever excuse he wants that they're, they're not on because they're his favourite episodes. Or there's a glitch, or there's a there's a data error, or some shit like that. But the the ones that aren't there, it looks really suspect, and this looks really suspect. Um, yeah. So the Spotify employees want control of the podcast, and there's a lot of pressure right now on Rogan. I should rephrase that. There's mounting pressure on Rogan. Right now, it's, it's niggling. It's <clears throat> a bunch of people niggling. And you have to understand, you've also got to remember what kind of company Spotify is. Go and look online. They're very progressive. They're very LGBT. I wrote this down so I didn't get it wrong. LG, sorry, L-Q-B-T-Q-A-L plus. That doesn't sound right. Maybe I got the Q and the B mixed up. Yeah, it's all set for the mouth. I don't know probably you get you whatever you want to be, as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anyone, I don't care. It's up to you. I think it's yeah, L B Q. Do I put an extra Q in there? Maybe I put an extra Q, I don't know. Um but they're very they lean that way heavy. They're very inclusive. They're, they're very much allies, which is a good thing, and that's not something, you know, that's not a bad thing. But that does open its doors up to extremism, which, when I say extremism, think face piercings, blue hair, and take things way too far. And that's what's happening at the moment. There are people who look at Rogan, who eats meat, and fucking smokes weed and does DMT and hunts and shoots guns and has some opinions that while he is progressive for, you know, the, the lifestyle he lives, he still very much has opinions that left-leaning people don't like. And he'll never change that with Rogan. Rogan is who he is. He's a man's man. That's the way he's grown up. He's a comedian. He's a USC commentator. He's a, po- he's a co- fucking podcast. He's the podcast. That's the reason I'm talking about it on the podcast that talks about podcasts. He'll never change. But you've got Rogan on Twitter apologising for things and he's getting needled and 
it's been said already online, but there's a war coming. There really is. There is a war coming. Because I'm pretty sure Rogan's come out and said that that Spotify deal he signed, it's still his podcast. He can choose the guests. He doesn't. He can't get censored from Spotify. And you've got Spotify employees. I think there was even one part where they're, they're protesting or, you know, they're, um, I don't think, I think they're coming to work, but they're up in arms about it. And you, as Spotify, as CEOs and owners and stuff, you've just given this man $100 million to the exclusive rights of the biggest podcast in the world. What do you do? Do you tell those employees you're going to have to find a different job and that's what it is? Do you, you know, do you pay Rogan out and accept that you, the two companies just can't work together from, a, from an ideological point, ideology point of view? Do you just wait until the contract runs out and don't renew it? Even though the, the, the length of the contract from today until the end, you're going to have a lot of clicks and a lot of, you know, traffic through Spotify, which therefore makes you money. And Spotify, Rogan hasn't even exclusively gone to Spotify yet. So maybe, maybe this is a conversation we should really have when that happens. Because right now, with Rogan still doing iTunes and YouTube, maybe there's leeway there. Maybe Spotify feels like they haven't completely locked him in where they can put their claws in it. Well, maybe, maybe nothing changes. And maybe there's just a war on the horizon and eventually something's got to budge. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I know which side's going to budge and that's going to be Spotify because Rogan's not going to budge. You paid him already. You don't give a fuck. See, so, yeah, that's this week in... For, for, bleh, bleh. That's this fortnight in Rogan. Yes. Alright. I want to talk a bit of sport with you because I've really been getting into, you know, last fortnight, really getting into the NBA playoffs. I've made a fair bit of money. I also lost a fair bit of money. Which is fun. Also, while we're on it, follow, um, oh, what's the Instagram? It's, uh, it's Shooter Punts. It's Alex Williamson's um, punting Instagram where he puts up all these, all these bets he's making. And Alex Williamson is a comedian from Australia. He's dubbed himself Australia's loosest bloke. And he's quite funny and it's worth a look. If uh, you want to have a chuckle around now, you might get some good tips and make a bit of dosh. He goes alright. He doesn't. He's, it's not. It's not embarrassing. By any stretch of the imagination. So um, have a look at that. You never know. You might make a bit of money. All might be right with the world. But obviously, in the last two weeks, the nugget. I, I feel stupid now. And I, I uh, towards the end, I am going to make some retractions on some things I have said on the last and the episode before's podcast, but I did say the Clippers were going to win in five and they lost in seven, and boy, I watched that and that was hard to watch that game seven between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That was rough. That was just a team that the, the Nuggets just with sheer will and heart and just intestinal fortitude just broke the Clippers mentally. 
Not physically. They didn't run them off the court. Just mentally, with their no quit, you know, just with their no quit attitude, they just broke them. And you know, there is talk that the Nuggets, the, sorry, the Clippers were run down by you know Game Seven because they. Paul George was injured a lot of that season, and Kawhi is Kawhi, and he does his load management. He only plays 50, 60 games a season. And they just got to a Game 7, and they just broke down. And, yeah, all power to the Nuggets. That's an, yeah, they, I hear a lot of people saying the Clippers lost it, and to a certain point they did, but the Nuggets did still win. They came back from 3-1, you know? And I think in game four they were they were fucking down fucking something ridiculous in the third quarter. In game four, yeah. They came back and they won. So more power to fucking the Nuggets. Murray's come out and is showing that he is he got next. He will be the next big superstar. Um yeah, anyway, so right now, as of today, it's, I think they're about to play after I'll finish this podcast, but it's 2-1 to the Lakers, um, it's pretty, been pretty close, you know, the Nuggets, you could say that given an Anthony Davis buzzer beater, they're 2-1 up. But they're two one down, and this game is. This is it. You lo- you go three one down against the Lakers. This isn't fucking, the Clippers. This isn't the Jazz. You go down three one against the Lakers, and it, you are done. I will. I don't know what the fuck I'm willing to bet on it. No fucking. You can have my apartment. You can have my dog that's asleep next to me. It's over. It's done. You know, like it's it's cooked. Because LeBron James counts for a game in yourself, and if they go three one up, it's four one. It's over because it's LeBron James. LeBron James is a game in himself. Um. So yeah, it'll be a big game today, and I look forward to seeing it. I've got, I think I put money on the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers will win by six, probably seven. Because LeBron will, LeBron has to turn up today. This is his chance to seal it and get to the finals. Because this is probably one of LeBron's last chances to get that fourth ring. Which puts him in really rarefied air. So, only player ever to win three titles with three different teams. Yep. No other player's done that. And there's been players that have done that, but they've never been the guy, the number one star of the team. And, you know, LeBron James, if he gets MVP, that means he's won three MVPs with three different teams that have won three titles. That's that's never been done. But also, next year, you've got Brooklyn come back with KD and Kyrie. You've got... Um, Golden State come back strong. You can have a healthy Steph, a healthy Clay. That's in the same, you know, Western Conference as you. That's not going to be enjoyable. Next year, you know, and obviously 
fucking Greek feet keeps growing and, you know, for, you know, getting better. He's still having a few, um, how you say, playoff wobbles, but that comes with age. But people, you, you know, LeBron James had the same thing. He, Greek, Greek freak, is going to be, you know, a top three player for years to come. It can be no doubt. Um, so yeah, this is LeBron's chance, and he can sense it. He can, you can tell LeBron, this is it. So, yeah, I think, I think we get, and this will lead me on to the Eastern Conference. I think we get LA, LA, Miami, and I'm pretty sure I called two episodes ago, LA, Miami. One, because I'm a Miami fan, and two, because it's LeBron fucking James, you know what I mean? So, Miami at the moment is uh, 3-1 up, and that, that series looks about over. Miami's just got too many good, good pieces. And, you know, you've got fucking Jimmy Buckets killing it. you got Tyler Hero... As a 20-year-old in the playoffs, scoring 37 points. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. You know, plus their pieces are doing bam with the big block rejection. Game two. You know, like... It... You know, the Celtics might win two games. They might bring the six, but it... I'd be hard-pressed to see the Celtics winning it. And if they do, that's big. But I don't see it. And if they did win it, then we get we get LA busted in the finals in the bubble, which would just be redonkulous. You know, two of the biggest rival teams in the NBA playing against each other. Um, so yeah, I think that's really... Well, there was one other news article in the NBA this week, and that sort of transitions over to the next one I want to talk about, and that being the UFC. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about wrestling this week. Fuck that shit. That 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 shit's whack right now. But Colby Covington is a motherfucker. <laughs> not just for the fact that, you know, the the man can fight and he puts a pace and yeah, okay, his fighting style is pretty boring. But man, can he can he put the pressure on? Can he just put the um can you lay the hits in? And what I mean by that high ratio hits doesn't they don't hurt you? He's hitting you with about seventy percent power, but it's just the the weight. I'm trying to think of the word. What's the word I'm looking for? It's the volume. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. I was thinking weight. The volume of his punches. There's just so many, and on a scorecard, he wins. You know, nine times out of ten. Unless your name's Uzman, where he just breaks your fucking jaw and beats you up for five rounds. But, the fight was boring. Alright. But, post-fight wasn't. It was full of shit. Colby Covington got into it with Usma, where Colby sort of had a bit of a sook, as we would say, in Australia. In the land of down under. Um, 
Because Uzma just kept saying, I broke your face. Which he did, he broke his face. And Colby got upset and he started yelling at him, telling him, next time I see you, I'm going to kill you, you're dead. And got really angry and Usman was just laughing, saying, I broke your face. And then after that, Colby went on his spiel, you know, thanks to the first responders and the police officers. And then he said, you know, I'm uh, verbatim, he said, I'm sick of these woke athletes like LeBron James. And he took a, you know, he took a swipe at the king. And then Donald Trump called him and that was just cringy, but, you know, to, to imagine 20 years ago that this sport... You know, in Australia, like you couldn't get it on pay per view. You you would get DVD copies in your your Video Easy or your your Blockbuster, and you'd go home and you'd watch nut shots and dudes putting guys in crucifixes and elbowing them in the head and big fat dudes fighting guys with you know boxes with one glove on and Hoyce Gracie, obviously. You know that was to go from that when it was called human cockfighting to now when you got the president of the United States ringing up a fighter after he's won a main event. That's nutty. That is... Forget everything everything else for a second. You just appreciate that as a fight fan. For someone who's watched this sport for... Gosh, for 15 years. You know, from the days of Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture and GSP. And, you know... To the first season of The Ultimate Fighter with the fight with Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. To now, we've got that. That is... To me, that's really amazing. To see a sport like this grow to what it is now. But... Before I went on a a mind bend and got off on a tangent, yeah. So Colby took a shot at LeBron. Um, he said a lot of other things when he was talking to Uzma. He said, "You know, why don't you go and make a smoke signal to send it to your tribe?" Which you know that's got racist undertones to it. Um, there was a few things in there that were racist, and people have said they felt it was racist. I've watched it. It teeters on it. it it walks the line that's one way of putting it it really walks a fine line between you know it's probably xenophobic for, for you know to be fair for all being honest here I wouldn't call it racist though it's ignorant it's ignorant you don't want to be ignorant that's from that South Park episode with Michael Jackson don't be ignorant. Why are you being ignorant? Um, but yeah, and anyway, and then for the last week on Twitter, it's been, could LeBron James fight Colby Covington and win? And you've got UFC fighters saying, we're mixed martial artists. Colby's a prick, but he, LeBron wouldn't last 10 seconds with him. And you've got LeBron coming out saying, you know, people always like to talk that shit, but as soon as you step in a ring with someone, nine times out of 10... They shit their pants, because you got to remember, LeBron's 6'6", 300 plus pounds of just freakish, of freak, he's just 300 plus pounds of freak. He's built like, as we say in Australia, a brick shit house. He's, he's a brick wall. You know, <laughs> I'd love to sit here and say fucking LeBron James would smoke him, I don't fucking know, it's a fight I'd love to see. It'd be fucking great to watch. You know? I'd pay for, I'd pay fucking money to see it. But, um... Yeah. 
And obviously, the other big thing this week is the UFC, the, the UFC event coming up this week. Just UFC over and over again. It's fucking nuts. I love sports and I love it being back on my TV. Especially UFC. Especially NBA playoffs. Probably my two favourite sports going on right now. As my dog moves around as he sleeps. You're chasing rabbits, mate. Chasing rabbits? Yeah? Good boy. So the card coming up this week. It's really only a two fight card. There's other fights on there. You know, on the undercard, you got Jake Matthews versus Diego Sanchez, which I am looking forward to. But really, it's a two-fight card. For, you know, people... Not people like me, but... I follow it, but I don't follow it as closely as I used to. So for me, it's, you know, it's Dominic Reyes versus... Um, the fucking Polish bloke. John Blachowski. We'll go with that. And obviously, Stylebender versus Paula Costa. Um, Reyes should win. You know, a lot of people think that Reyes beat John Jones, and I think you'd be hard pressed to disagree with that. It was a close fight, and John Jones did what John Jones best. He etched out a win. But there's fair argument that. Reyes should have won that. He didn't. So it's, it's a mute point. But, you know. Um, so, yeah. Reyes should win. I'm expecting it. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But you never know. But we're definitely going to see... The... Dawn of a new era in lightweight, light heavyweight division for an era for a division that LeBron, uh, LeBron James, yeah, LeBron James, LeBron James will fucking own that division if he could lose about one hundred and twenty pounds for a division that John Jones has just had a stranglehold on for since, geez, since I was a teenager. I was definitely in my early twenties, if not my early, you know, eighteen. So. It's the dawn of a new era. John Jones obviously going to heavyweight, which should be fun. See what we get there. I really want the Brock. I really want the Brock Lesnar. John Jones fight. It it probably won't happen, but I really want it bad. I want that fight. I need to see that fight badly. Um, so yeah, um, as in for Paul Costa and Stylebender. Stylebender's a different cut, man. Style, they don't make people like Stylebender. You know, I, I saw Stylebender beat fucking Whitaker live. I was there. I saw it. I've never seen someone fight like that before. Someone who was just... You know, Robert Whitaker's built on heart. He's built on just will. And Whitaker... Fucking... Israel was just... Once... Just that one league above. You know... Whitaker did the best he could. He didn't break, he didn't fold, he didn't bend, but Starbender was just too much. You know, and he's cocky and he's a bit of a weird dude, but boy, can that, that guy fight. And I'm happy I spent $250 to go and see that and get absolutely pissed and remember very little from that fight. <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. Um... 
And Paulo Costa, well, Paulo Costa's just is short, built like a built like a fucking tank dude who, you know, I don't know. He, he might have the attributes to beat Starbender, you know. Starbender struggled against, um, oh, I can't remember his name. The, uh, the wrestler, not the wrestler, like the, the wrestler that was on The Ultimate Fighter and I can't remember his name. Uh, it'll come to me later and it's Kevin something. But he gave him a hard time. So, I can't bet against Starbender just because, you know, he's Kiwi and Kiwis and Australians, we we don't get we don't always get along, but we've always got each other's backs. So, I'm going to say Starbender wins a decision. I'm I'm confident enough to say you probably win a decision. I don't will it be an interesting fight? Starbender's you know, sometimes these fights can be a little bit patty cake, patty cake, run away. Oh, and Reyes will win either a decision or the Polish dude will knock his head off clean. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've got money on that shit too. I love to gamble. I do. I, I love to gamble, but I love to gamble with moderation. You know, like I like I like the fun part of taking five dollars and turning that five dollars into fifty dollars, forty dollars. That's what I enjoy. So, which I have done recently. You know, I've made two hundred bucks in the last couple of weeks. I've lost hundred and fifty bucks too, to be fair. So, yeah, great. It's fucking great to be a sports pl- sports fan right now. So we're gonna we're gonna fully encompass all my favorite things, and we're just gonna we're gonna go to games. We're gonna go to video games because it was a pretty big news story that happened this week, and it should be spoken about. Because I've been listening about it fucking everywhere I turn on YouTube or on podcasts. I've been listening to it, and that's Xbox and PlayStation and this. Apparently, console war, it isn't a console war. So, first off, if, you tr- if, you, if you're, if you're going to listen to this and go and, you know, uh, pre-order a PlayStation or an Xbox, probably shouldn't. You probably should go and um, go for a walk and cry and listen to Cats in the Cradle because that's not going to happen. I didn't pre-order. I have a rule with video games and any technology that I will... You know, mostly video games, I don't pre-order things. Because, especially with consoles, there's, there's too much risk and there's too much margin involved. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, you know, I remember, I remember owning a Xbox 360 and having the Red Ring of Death and I remember that shit very, 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 very vividly. So, um, yeah, I might like just that. I remember that shit. And I won't do that shit again. <laughs> I get things, you know, I will probably buy my PlayStation and fucking. February, to be fair, 
Probably in February. You know, I'll wait and I'll wait for Christmas. That'll probably be a you know a, a fifteen twenty percent drop in prices. I definitely won't be buying the digital version, which I'll get to in a second. You know, they'll probably be a, a you know it'll probably drop from eight hundred to seven fifty seven hundred, and I'll probably get it then. Because I'm not in a rush for it. I've, I've still got heaps of the games on the PS3 I can play. Sorry, on the PS3. PS4, I'm not that old. I do like to keep up with the technology a little bit. Um, so, yeah. But the thing is, the Xbox in the last fortnight has made some serious inroads on closing that gap. Because if you'd asked me two weeks ago, it was like, it's PlayStation. Everyone's buying a PlayStation. No one's buying a fucking Xbox. What are you, fucking retarded? Who the fuck wants to buy an Xbox? But it's, it's changed in the last couple of weeks. With Xbox coming out and showing their, um, their console being a couple hundred dollars cheaper. It's... It, they're, they're pushing this whole Netflix of streaming video games idea. And from a personal point of view, it's not for me. But it's not made for me. I have disposable income. I will spend $800 on a game. Or I will wait until it's half price. Or I will go on eBay and I will go and buy a second hand one. Which is the point I'm making with the digital version. If you're listening to this, do not buy the digital version. The reason it's $200 cheaper is because they will fuck you on video games. You know, I, I bought... I think I talked about it on episode 2. I bought The Last of Us. I spent 60 bucks. The game would have been out for a month. I bought a second-hand version of the disc. You know? Don't don't buy the digital version because that game, you know, within a year, that game will go down by 10 bucks or 20 bucks. That's the reason, you know, to put a CD player or a disc reader, I should say, in a console, it's 20 bucks. Doesn't take up that much space not a big deal for them they're putting it $200 because they want people to buy it because fucking they will make that money back on games long term they will make that money back on rentals of DVD you know they rent rentals of movies and TV shows they'll make that money back and then some don't buy the digital version and as for the Xbox thing, the stream thing, what I was saying, it's it's not for me. It's a great idea, and it's a really interesting route to take this, you know. And Xbox has always been known for taking risks. They're notorious for it. Look at the um the Xbox Xbox One, whatever the fuck it was called. Their names are stupid, by the way. But the Xbox One, you know, there were a lot of things on that when it came out. It was you know probably in some ways ahead of its time. But it was ahead of its time, and gamers looked at that, and they didn't like it. You know, with the sharing game stuff and all and all that, it was too much for them. And the CEO came out something stupid and like, well, if you don't, if you want to be able to share your games with friends, you can go and play the three sixty. And well, that people went, yeah, fuck that. And you know, I think it's fair to say that PS Four won this console generation fairly easy. You could even make the argument that the, the Nintendo Switch came second. You could. Um, yeah. So, but they've closed the gap. 
their consoles cheaper, the streaming surface is really starting to kick in a high gear. Like, I have no intention of buying an Xbox. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy. To you know, it, that's it. I I play. I was I had the original Xbox. I had the 360. I made the Switch. I'm happy with what I have. But when I look at the Game Pass and I look at this, you know, for 15 bucks you get hundreds of games and not just shitty indie games. You get AAA titles. I'm a big Destiny player. They've got the game on there for free. You know, and this game has cost me fucking 200 plus dollars on PlayStation. But I like PlayStation. And Microsoft being, you know, one of the richest companies in the world, they can take the hit. They can burn the money because I think they're playing the long game here. They're looking 20 years down the road. You know, they want to be the Netflix of video games. And they very well might be in 20 years. You know, Sony being Sony, their idea is, you know, very... We have our exclusive... You, you buy the console for the exclusive. You buy it for the Horizon Zero Dawn. The Last of Us. The Ghost of Shishima, which I will be talking about. <laughs> Trust me, because I, I bought it a couple of weeks ago. And it. the reason I haven't done a podcast last week is because of that fucking game. Because it was fucking amazing. You know, the God of Wars, the, Inter- the Until Dawn, the Spider-Mans. These are the games. They have games that people sit, you, that you sit there and you say, you get this console because these games. If they didn't have they didn't have these exclusive first party titles, right now I'd be buying an Xbox. But there's you know five or six games that are exclusively to the PlayStation that I can't justify not buying a fucking PlayStation. Like I miss Halo, but Halo isn't what it used to be, you know. So fuck that. And I got Destiny, which is just Halo two point <clears throat> But. The other way they closed the gap this week, and this was big, you know, for a lot of people. It wasn't as big for me, and I'll explain why. But Xbox bought Bethesda. They bought the company that owns Bethesda. And just off the top of my head, including every all of those little companies, but mainly Bethesda, that's Doom, Fallout, Dishonored, Mind Blank. No, not Mind Blank, the game as in I've had a Mind Blank. Of what else they bought? Fallout. Hmm. There's a few other games in there. A lot of newer games. I think there's what's it, Starlink or Starfighter or something. There's a lot of games coming out soon. But for Bethesda to do, for Xbox to do that, to buy Bethesda, it gives them a big up. It, it essentially you have you know if they wanted to go the route and they wanted to have Xbox exclusives. You, you got it. You can have your Doom exclusive. You can have your Fallout exclusive. You know, you could very well... You can very... The, 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 the puzzle, the, the stars are aligned. You can make a, fall, uh, a Fallout New Vegas 2, which people would love to play. They didn't... You know, but his thing, I don't play Bethesda games. They're not for me. You know? They're buggy as fuck. And the... the it's just not my kind of game. You know? It's not RPGs I don't like. Like I'm, I'll play Ghost of Tsushima. I'll play The Witcher Three. I'll play Horizon. I'll play Assassin's Creed. It's just their games aren't for me, and that's okay. But there are a lot of people who those games are for. And you know, there's talk right now that you know Xbox won't make them exclusive to the console because they'll make sure they're on PlayStation so they can take their cut, so they can take their, you know, pound of flesh, you know, because. <laughs> They uh they they spent seven point five 
billion. Not million, which I first heard. It's not million. It's billion. $7.5 billion on Bethesda. Like I said, I don't play Bethesda's games. But I've seen enough Bethesda games to know you overpaid massively. And like I said, Microsoft fucking got money coming out the asshole. They can do that. They're happy to do that. They needed, you know, they'll get some exclusive first party titles out of this. But they needed some. Because the fact is, they've got Halo. Gears of War. Which, not what it once was. It's a, it's a game that's, you know, should have died back in 2009. But people like... And Halo, same thing. Halo isn't the same as it used to be. They're going to release a new one next year and it's going to be open world. Fuck that shit, man. That's not Halo. Give me Call of, give me fucking Call of Duty style Halo, just single player, linear. Fucking story. Give me story. Give me content. Give me some. That's why I play a fucking PlayStation because I play games with stories. I don't give a fuck about fucking this Avengers fucking Marvel bullshit where it's like fucking collect this and collect this I have one game I have that on and that's Destiny it's the one game I do it with every other game I play is fucking story based it's an ex- it's a gaming experience everyone's got that one game every you're, it's okay to make those live service games but everyone gets one you can only be good at one you can only get the most out of one Destiny is that one because it's the best one. I get to have a first-person shooter with gear and element elements to it. With what is now a pretty good story. That I consider, anyway. Um, yeah, tangent. But yeah, they bought Bethesda for $7.5 billion. It's too much. But more power to you. Whichever way they decide to do it, they're the company, not me. I'm sure they they think they can make their investment back off it. Maybe. They obviously didn't play Fallout 76. Because from what I fucking saw and I heard. On podcasts. And on YouTube. It was shit. It looked shit. No. It looked pretty fucking bad man. But. Each of their own. And. It's not so much. It's, it's a. We still live in a console war. These, you know, PlayStation and Xbox still want your money. But instead of it being two consoles doing the same thing, it's two consoles doing something very different. You got PlayStation doing the old school. We have exclusives. This is a new console. It's powerful. Um, it, it doesn't, the console doesn't really invent the wheel. Like, there's, you know, you won't see with the next generation of you know, super updated graphics, you'll see bits and pieces here and there. What'll probably be, it'll be, load times will be a lot shorter, you know, game developers will probably be able to do a lot more, as in, you know, loading into a game and, you know, doing a lot more things like that. Don't expect a massive upgrade jump. Um, Yeah, but Sony will be doing the, we have these exclusives, and we're Sony. That's that's it. We're Sony. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Give us money. That's really pretty much fucking it. Um, 
an Xbox going is going with this. Give us fifteen dollars a month, and you can have your pick of, you know, bunch of games. Good games, triple A games. You'll still have to spend, you know, occasionally you'll have to spend sixty, seventy bucks on on fucking. Sorry, it'll be. It, we used to say sixty, seventy bucks. It's now like for our, in Australia, it'll be. It'll be 120 bucks. We're going to be spending 120 bucks on games in Australia. America, I think it's gone up by 10 bucks, which means for us it's gone up by about 17. Yeah. So, video games for us now are about fucking. Yeah. That's not fun. But, it's Sony. Fuck you, give me money. We're good at what we do. So it's, but, jeez, I'm going on tangents today. Fucking bad. I'm losing my brain. Fuck. Xbox is going down the route of give us $15 a week and we'll let you play all these cool games. That's it. And Sony will say, give us $120 and give us $20 for PS Plus. Jeez, maybe I'm talking myself into buying a fucking Xbox. No. Jeez. It just sounds better. And I wouldn't have said, and just from those words just then, I would have never uttered that fucking a month ago. It would have been out of, it would have been out of the question. So, yeah, buy what you want, be happy, and obviously if you, if you, here's the thing, if you've got kids, probably buy the Xbox, because it's going to be cheaper, and it's going to be more affordable, and you probably get more out of it. I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about that shit. You know, I've also been working the entire time for a pandemic. I can afford to, you know, buy four or five games a year. It's not a big deal. Um, yeah. And then, as I said, I've been playing God of fucking Ghost of Shishima in the last fortnight. And I'm going to come out and say it, and that's... It's probably game of the year. Personally. It's... It's really good. And, you know, the only other game I can think of that might knock it off is... Cyberpunk. But once again, I don't know if we're going to get Cyberpunk this year. We keep thinking we are, but we might not. Story's great. You know... The quests are a little bit Assassin's Creed-y. They do get a little bit repetitive. But there's enough nuance between all of them to make that okay. The gameplay, it really gives you that fucking, I'm a fucking samurai fucking experience. Like, I've been going around the house going, you have this one your family. What are? I am a samurai. We have honor. But doing that all week because it just, it's immersed me in it. It's great. You know, um... Yeah, it, I don't know what else to say about it. It's it's really simple. It's it's game of the year. I I don't unless go unless Cyberpunk comes out in November. It's game of the year because it's just fucking great. I can play that game for fucking six hours and you know have feel like I played for fifteen minutes, and I'm only halfway through, and I probably am flying through it. You know, but doesn't feel like it. There's a lot of content there, and there's a lot to do, and it's fun. 
I was thinking about it last night. I was like, is this better than The Witcher 3? Because I put The Witcher 3 up there. And I'm going to start doing gaming lists. You know, I want to start doing lists on this podcast. Everyone loves fucking lists. Every other fucking podcast gets lists. Why don't I get lists? So that will be one of the lists. I'm going to start doing a, a weekly top 5, top 10 list. And next week will be top 10 PlayStation exclusives. And then the week after that will be top 10 pl- games on the current generation. So I was sitting there asking myself, is this game better than Witcher? Because to me, The Witcher is... It's top three, at least, of the best games I've played this gen. It's one of my favourite games of all time. Like, is this better than The Witcher? And... Fucking close. It really is. Like... If we would, it's a lot closer if you take out the DLC from The Witcher 3. If you don't include Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone, it's really fucking close. I don't know. You'll have to listen to my... You'll have to stay tuned for the next couple of weeks to hear my list. Ha, hooked ya. Ha, ha. Yeah, I don't know. It's very close. That's a, I don't know how I'm going to fucking answer that. But... It's a really good game, and it's game of the year. And I know I did. T- I spoke about Last of Us a couple uh, a couple episodes ago, and I enjoyed the Last of Us. And I didn't hate the Last of Us like everyone else did. But that doesn't mean the Last of Us didn't have problems, and that doesn't mean Ghost of Tsushima doesn't have problems too. The AI is dense. <laughs> it's a bit thick, and it doesn't work always work the way it's intended. I'm playing on, you know, the medium difficulty. So maybe if I turn it up, it's different. But, you know. Whereas The Last of Us AI was, you know, stupid as fuck, too. To a certain point. But even The Last of Us probably... The Last of Us enemies probably were a bit smarter than Ghost of Shima's enemies. You know. Both games looked wonderful, whereas... But, you know, the edge goes to Ghost of Shima because it's just artistically so beautiful. Like, you could spend fucking four days in photo mode. Just staying up all the fucking night, smoking crack and taking pictures. Because it's just that beautiful. As I smoke crack right now. I'm kidding, I'm not smoking crack. But, never mind. You know, stories are great in it. You got your simple one-step quests. You got your multiple five, six-layer step quests. To tell stories. Good stories. Non-divisive stories. It's got strong female characters in it. It's got... You know, a meaning behind the stories. It's a fucking good game. And it's game of the year unless... Cyberpunk comes out. Because it's Cyberpunk. If that comes out at the end of the year, it probably is game of the year. Yeah. I also started playing Tony Hawk. The, the, the remaster version. It's alright. And that's all of it. It's okay. I haven't played that much of it. It's just... I never, I never played those Tony Hawk games growing up. I always played, you know, Underground and Project 8. The, the first two were a little bit too... Hard. <laughs> they're a bit too hard for me. They're just, they're, it's hard for me to get into them. It's hard for me to be good at them. If I'm not good at something, it's hard for me to invest in it. I can do okay. 
it's, it's something I will be playing more of once I finish Ghost of Shima. <laughs> oh man remember I think it was the last episode I mentioned that I learned something new about Anchor that the music I was choosing to the in, for the intro and the outro of, of the podcast wasn't actually playing on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else besides Anchor because it's only for Anchor well I've just realised you can only record for 30 minutes before it cuts out I, I sat here and I spoke for another fucking 15 minutes before I looked and went oh shit it's not recording me anymore. Fan-fucking-tastic. Well, we were nearly done anyway. I was, uh, I think... I was talking about Tony Hawk. Um, yeah. I'll play more of it once fucking... I'm finished with Ghost of Tsushima. It's, but it, once again, it's not really a game... Uh, like... I said this so well at the beginning. This fucking pisses me off. Um... I played Tony Hawk Underground 1 and 2. I didn't play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. So this is a very new experience for me. And it's fucking hard. Like, yep, you bang right now while I'm trying to record a podcast, fucking faggot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's those, two, those two games I don't have a lot of experience with. And they're a lot harder than Underground 2. And there's no story. So I, I bought a game that I, um, I didn't... I didn't do enough research on and realised, yeah, this is not the game I thought it was buying. But, anyway, it's still fun. It's just hard as fuck. And you got to get all, you know... you got a minute 30 to get everything and fucking do all that jazz. And, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it and I'll be playing more of it. But, um, what I did say, I'll be playing that after Ghost of Tsushima and I'll be playing Tony Hawk for six months and then I'll probably buy my PlayStation. Five. So, yeah. Um, shit, I'm trying to remember what I said in 10 minutes. And now I can't remember. Um, yeah, fucking. Fucking yeah, fucking yeah. Anyway, I don't want to keep up too much of your time. Let's just, let's get to, let's, uh, it's obviously, obviously been the longest episode I've ever done. So let's get into podcast of the bye week and then let's, um, let's go home as I take a five second break to close my door. Upset me. Oh well. We learn our lessons so we can do better next time. So for podcast of the bye week, I got two podcasts that are, are much less uh, a much that you should listen to. Fuck me. <laughs> I lost my words now. I'm 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 fucking rattled. I'm phased. Anyway. First one is I've spoken to it about it before, I think it was episode three or four. Spoke about the um, the ABC podcast Trace, the Informer. Obviously, it's about um, a lawyer turned informer in the Melbourne Gangland Wars in the late nineties, early two thousands. Which it it pretty much brought the fucking justice system to its fucking knees. You can imagine why, being a lawyer turned fucking snitch. And it's a good series. It's eight episodes. Like it was really you know. There's not many um, things or pieces of literature that I learn 
things that I didn't know I was misinformed about from the gangland wars. Like, I grew up on that shit. You know, I watched... I read the Underbelly books. I watched the TV show. You know, I, I... I feel like I know a lot about it. You know, and I've got a lot of people that I know that had first-hand experience with that. And let's just keep it at that. But yeah, this series has taught me... Shown me and taught me a lot of things that I didn't know before. Um... But it's the last episode. And I give it podcasts of the the week, last week, this week, whatever the fuck, bye week. Because of that last episode. And that last episode, it's episode eight. It's Endgame. And, jeez, why is it with things called Endgame that are usually really good? Um, anyway, she, um, she's not in Australia. She's somewhere overseas. But she wants to come back for the, um, the Royal Commission. Because she feels she has to. She has to. She's got this, you know, she needs to clear her conscience and she needs to face the music like an adult. Can't say a man because she's a woman, but like an adult. But she's scared. She's scared that the cops are going to take her kids away. And I say that as in for the protection of the children, the police would probably say that those children's lives are at risk from, you know, gangland figures taking, you know, retaliation. Because she's a snitch. Whereas we say in Australia, a fucking dog. Um, so she's scared that the cops are going to put her in a situation where she has to go with them into witness protection and pretty much be under their thumb again and play by their rules, which she doesn't want to do. She, she, she never wants to work with the cops again. She never wants to help the cops again. Because they ruined their life. Um, or they'll take her kids away to protect the kids. Here's the thing with that. I don't think I don't think the gang I don't think the the gangsters and the and the people in jail or incarcerated wanna kill her. I think they want her very much a fucking life. Because she is the get out of jail free card. If you're in jail and fucking lawyer X, Nicola Gobbo, whatever the fuck you want to call her, and former free seven seven free or whatever the fuck, if she's your lawyer, you're gonna get out. <laughs> You are. Like, it's going to be very hard for you. I think a, I think a guy who was serving a 35-year sentence got out after serving 10 years because she was his lawyer, something along those lines. But these gangland figures, they don't want to kill her. They want her very much alive because, you know, there's corrupted evidence. There's sketchy shit they went on with their case. And she will get them out of jail for crimes they probably did commit, but just... You know, circumstantial evidence or whatever the fuck they say. So yeah, and she eventually, real, you know, she hops on a plane and she flies to Queensland. She gets into customs and they notice her straight away. Cops pick her up. They drive her from Brisbane to the border of New South Wales. The New South Wales cops pick her up. They drive her from New South Wales to Queens, Victoria. Yeah, so Queensland and New South Wales. New South Wales to Victoria. The Victoria cops pick her up. They drive her. No, I lie. That's wrong. Cops picked her up in Queensland, drove her to the New South Wales border. The New South Wales border picked her up and dropped her off to her lawyer. The lawyer picked her up at the Victorian border. So the lawyer picked up the kids and her and went to drop the kids and her off in a safe place while being escorted by fucking cops. Um, and yeah, 
she gets there and like I said she's scared the kid they're going to take away her kids and she gets to the father of the kid's house and within 30 minutes fucking cops rock up and say come with us or we're going to take your kids and put her in a situation where she what are you going to do as a parent now I'm sure there's parents that listen to the show if you're putting that situation what are you going to do you can't say no they're going to take your kids away and then you really don't know what's going to happen you know and as the series you know shows that witness protection programs aren't exactly reliable for most people and there's probably there's a lot of cops that are angry at her there's a lot of people angry at her there's a lot of people that would like to see her fucking dead so she goes with them for the sake of the kids to you know make sure they've got a mother and she's she's off the grid the journos who made the series can't find her no one can get in contact with her her lawyer has trouble getting a hold of her and so she, essentially that's the end of the podcast no one she, no one knows where she is no one knows if she's safe no one knows who's in who knows where she is like all it takes is for one person to say one thing to the wrong person and they're going to know where she is and she's going to wind up dead and you know listen Nicola Gobbo, Lawyer X, whatever you want to call her, she's not an angel. She's done a lot of bad things and a lot of questionable decisions have been made. But she doesn't, she was put in an impossible situation, you know. She had many times to get out, you know, where she could have just, you know, stopped doing what she's doing, but she, I don't know. She's no hero, she's no villain, she's no victim, she's... A mixture of all three. And that's really it. Oh, and there's one last thing. So while she's in the... um, So the journalists go to the lawyer's chambers to fucking see if they can get a hold of her or to see if the lawyer's spoken to them. And the um, she calls the lawyer. And within 15 seconds of being on the phone to him, the phone cuts out. They call her back. No no answer. So they hop on the... um his uh, computer to see maybe that she sent an email or something he logs on the computer computer shuts down completely reboots and um <laughs> it, it was it, you'd be like oh yeah that's that's strange but maybe there was just a, a you know shit like that happens once they eventually get around to getting on to the uh fucking the emails and looking what she sent the email just says I think they know who you're with. Being the two journalists that are with the lawyer in his chambers. It's later with the uh later on the IT guys look through the computer and they say that they're definitely bugging your phones and they're they're watching you through your webcam. They I don't know how, they've hacked you they've hacked your computer. But they've bugged you they bugged your phones and they bugged your computer. So the exact same thing that brought the fucking the, the justice system to its knees is the same thing they're doing now. That tells you all you need to know about fucking cops. Once again, I'm not one of those people that's like AC, BC or whatever. I, I don't hate all cops, but I don't trust them. And I know that they're not there to help me. 
And then I wouldn't be asking for help from cops anyway. They're, they're, once again, they're not there to help me. If I had kids, I had this conversation with my girlfriend like oh, two weeks ago. The cops aren't there to help me. I don't trust cops. If we were in the city together and I saw a, I saw a beating or I got beaten up, I wouldn't fucking be being like, you know, making a statement or anything like that. It happened, whatever. As long as I'm not in the hospital and I'm not fucking on life support, I'll be okay. If I saw something happen, it's not my place. There's other witnesses, they can fucking talk. Um, if it happened, something happened to her, well, that might be a different situation. But if I had kids, I'd be like, cops are there to help you. If you get lost or something bad happens, go and talk to a police officer. Um, but they're not there for me. And I don't trust them. I don't think they're all bad people. I don't hate them. But I understand that they're not for me. Um, if you're a police officer, listen to this. Hello. <laughs> uh, once again, don't hate you. Just, you know, you know it is what it is. Um, so yeah, give that, give that series a listen to. Uh, the last episode makes it all worth it in the end. Because it takes you on a fucking spin. Um, the second episode, um, obviously, is... I would be remiss if I didn't spend half the podcast talking about him, not to mention one of his better podcasts in the past fucking three months that I've, you know, been on and off listening to him. And that's Joe Rogan. Uh, it was episode 1536 with Edward Snowden. Um, <laughs> I said before, before the fucking recording cut out, that maybe I should just rename this fucking podcast The Experience Experience. Because Legion of Skanks have got the Skank Skanks, which they do their sort of weekly rundown of their their um their podcast. So maybe we should call this the Experiences Experience. But once and then I I went, I don't think I could fight I don't think I could fucking deal with having to spend every week talking about Joe Rogan. Just Joe Rogan. I think that would make me want to put a gun in my mouth. Because I love Joe Rogan as much as the next person, but it's Joe Rogan is best in small doses. And it really, really depends on the guest. The, that, that podcast is made by the guest. It can be really good, or it can be really average. And when you've got someone like Edward Snowden, it's going to be good, nine times out of ten. So yeah, obviously... I don't really... I, you, if you don't know who Edward Snowden is, why you're listening to this podcast, are you five years old? And if you don't know, hop on the Google machine and type in Edward Snowden. And actually, while you're at it, go and listen to the first episode that Joe ever had Edward Snowden on. Because that's a cracker too. But anyway, they talk a lot about um, fucking cybersecurity and Facebook and algorithms... And this was two weeks ago, so it's really hard to remember. Um, they do they do actually for something for an episode with um, Edward Snowden got really philosophical. They talked a lot about treating each other in certain ways and stuff like that, which that was interesting. I didn't mind that. And yeah, obviously, you know, 
lot of tech talk, a lot of stuff, you know. I must say, Edward Snowden, nice guy. Sounds like, he sounds like a really cool dude, someone you'd want to fucking have a drink with and, you know, talk to about stuff. So, I'm not going to spoil this one. I spoiled, I spoiled, I think I spoiled Trace, but go and listen to that episode and go and listen to the first one he does because it's well worth it. It's well worth your time. Um, yeah. I think I made up for my 10 minutes. Close enough. Yep, close enough. So, um, thank you for listening to this uh, hour and 20 minute podcast. That's the longest podcast I've ever done. I usually try and aim, well obviously I now see why you try and aim for the 45, 55 minute mark. Because to me that's an ideal podcast length for one person. I think for every one person on the podcast, you add an hour. If there were three of if there were three people here, it would be three hours because you can talk shit and you can bounce shit off people. But with it just being me, it would get pretty boring hearing my voice for three hours. An hour, you know, fucking forty minutes to an hour and twenty, which is probably what this will be, is acceptable. You'll never see me do a two-hour podcast alone. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify and iTunes, uh, a, a, a review, a star review, a comment is always greatly appreciated. Um, you know, two, I'm, I'm happy with two and a half stars. Um, fucking, if you want to be really nice, you can leave a free star review. That would mean the world to me. Any, any... Even if you leave half a star or one a star review, that means the world to me, to be honest. Just to know there's someone out there listening to me ramble on and this this does stutter through all my my words and trip over myself. Um follow me on Twitter at downundercast seven. I just hit sixty nine <laughs> I just hit sixty nine followers. Fuck that makes me sound like such a dweeb. But yeah, I just hit sixty nine followers. That's that's an achievement for me. I don't care. I'm I'm gonna unfriend everyone every time I go over 69 that's all I want I just want 69 followers for the lols and I just have to follow now 4,200 people so I can get to 42069 but yeah um, thank you very much for listening it's muchly appreciated as I said and until next week or the week after that depending how I feel uh, you'll hear from me again <laughs> Thank you very much and peace.